You're listening to Smart Businesses Do This. I'm your host, Adam Lyons, and I am joined by Kasim Aslam, who, who no relation to Aslan, uh, who is from the line, the witch in the wardrobe, despite the fact their last name uh, does sound the same. No, Kasim is, is like my, my best friend and brother that, that I didn't know I had. We're both in the marketing world. This guy is an absolute legend. I can't even begin. In fact, we were supposed to start recording 20 minutes ago, but we've been chatting about no, science fiction, but give or take, yeah, like 15, 20 minutes. So we've been sorry. talking about science fiction and collectible books and everything else that we have in common. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. Because why don't you just tell everyone, like, what are you good at? about business and marketing and, and stuff. I'm good at very little actually. That's what's funny is I, I, I think my one set of prowess is I'm, I'm very comfortable with failure and I failed at everything twice. And, and there's just, it just doesn't bother me anymore. And so I, I guess maybe humility aside, I own the number one ranked Google ads agency on the planet. I've got a team of 70 people. We have 200 clients. We have $54 million in observation or management. Nobody knows what I know about Google ads. And that's, that's allowed me What's cool is when you run Google ads for a bunch of companies, you get to see what makes companies work and maybe more to the point, what makes, what makes them fail. So I'm just having a blast, man. Run around, <laughs> hanging out with people like you. Well, this is why I love, cause I, I resonate with that, right? So in the last two years, I've consulted for 1900 companies and um, not all of them have been paid consultations. In fact, I would say probably, probably about 40% of them I didn't get paid for, but I did it because I wanted to look under the hood of the company. So yeah. exactly like you're saying, I was like, I want to see what they're doing. I want to see the dirt and the mess. And uh, so you can, so, you, so I can understand what's going on. So I, I love what you said. Um, so, so here's, here's what I find interesting about you. Um, you are very similar to me in the way that you approach problems in that um, I love what you said about failing. And I, I've, I've always been a fan of the phrase, uh, the master is only the master because he has failed more times than the student has yet, yet to attempt to succeed. And, um, awesome. and I, yeah, and I, I really resonate with that phrase. I, I, uh, I figured you would, you would too, but, in, in doing so, you approach things in a different way than most people do. And I think that's something I've always admired about you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I have a very difficult time in my role because I'm spending money on people's behalf. Mm -hmm. And there's a fiduciary responsibility there. And so what, what I did naturally, which ended up being, it ended up working in my favor is uh, I, I manage expectations to death. So if you tried to hire me right now today, I'd say, hey, listen, Adam, there's 50% of all Google Ads campaigns fail in the first 90 days. Um, it's not unlikely that we get to the 91st day and this hasn't qualified for whatever reason. Um, I'm going to throw you in a Coliseum with a bunch of your competitors and we're going to see whether or not, you know, your messaging, your market, your product, your service, your pricing, whatever, um, is, is, is adequate. And, and, and what, what that's done is allowed me to reverse engineer something akin to we're going to build the bridge as we cross it. And I think that's the only way to solve problems. I think so many entrepreneurs set out to say like, oh, I'm going to go fix this now. And that, that's okay, but it's also a recipe for disaster and frustration. All I want to do is get that first solid step. And if I'm on that first solid step, then bam, I've got a beachhead. And then I go and I look for my second solid step. And it's, it's slow incremental improvement. It frustrates a ton of people. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I don't know, man, maybe if I was better at solving problems in their entirety, I'd be like, you know, wealthier, I'd have more businesses or whatever. But this is, 
it's a, it's a really safe way to approach building anything because it's so foundational and so rock solid. I love that. Yeah. I think, I think that's one of the things like you found your, your zone of excellence, but again, but you do still experiment, which I think a lot of people don't, they don't bother to step outside those boundaries. Cause I know, you know one of the things that, um, that in the last year, at least that I've seen you talk about is what you did with the Montessori schools, which um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I just think that's a phenomenal strategy. Um, and it shows that, you know, you're a specialist in, in Google ads, but here you are suddenly developing an entire new system for Montessori schools. Yes, I have this theory about niching down and I'll be super quick. It's ancillary to what you just asked me, but I think it's, it's relevant to the conversation at large. Um, I think that there's, there's, there's two axes of analysis when it comes to niching down. There's niching down from a service perspective and niching down from an industry perspective. And you end up with crosshairs. So if you know what service you're offering, you can then go find what industry you can offer it to. And so I don't think you should niche down at both. I think you should niche down at one at a time. And if you don't have a strong influence over an industry, I think you should actually choose your, your product or service first. So we niche down with Google ads, bam, I've got it. And then the next question I ask myself is, all right, well, what are the industries that I want to go serve that I feel like I could be really hyperproductive with? And Montessori came up because I'm obsessed with Montessori education. It's the only system of pedagogy based on the scientific method. I feel like every child deserves a Montessori education. So I was like, how do I go help Montessori schools grow? So we created this sub brand entity. It's completely independent of my, my, my actual business um, called Nino Marketing. We're helping Montessori schools and it was killing it all the way up until COVID and COVID wiped off like 30% of Montessori schools closed their door. I mean, it was, it was catastrophically damaging. So I sent this email called the, I wish email. And I just said, type the words I wish, and then continue the sentence for me. What do you want right now? It doesn't have to be marketing related. It can be, you know, finances, operations, personnel, whatever. What, just give me, give me anything. And I got a couple hundred responses, which, you know, I mean, there's 4,500 accredited Montessori schools in the country. So a couple hundred responses was significant. And from that, we created this thing called Montessori Thrive. And all we do is we just aggregate all the resources that they're creating themselves, white label them and make them available to everybody. So you have all these little teeny tiny independent schools. And, you know, one school has a really good enrollment agreement and the other school has a really good photo release form. The other school does really good at social, but they don't talk. They don't have the time to share this shit. So we did it for them. They like, they send us the stuff and we put it in this collective library and we have tens of thousands of assets and we just give it, we give it away for free. And other people would look at that and be like, well, that's quixotic. You know, you're not going to make any money there. But now I have trust. I have uh, my finger to the pulse. I know what it is that they want and need. And needle marketing has never done better. It's, it's such a profitable little entity for me. And I touch it a half hour a week. Brilliant, dude. I, I absolutely love it. And it, that would apply for so many industries. Some of the ways oh, you can just collect, you know, grab any audience. Like uh, I, I was actually telling some martial arts schools about you because I was speaking at a martial arts uh, mastermind. And I was like, martial arts schools, you should do this. Just get all the martial arts schools, you all share your resources. And now you're in charge of every, well, you're in communication with every martial arts school, right? Which you can use as a platform for leverage. Just so many people could do this, like right now, fitness, uh, health, wellness, uh, you could go on and on and on. Bike um, cleaners, I, I, coffee shops, like HVAC, yeah. all these little industries that you don't really think about. You know, I mean, the people have to do this work. My landscaper just left my backyard. Like, why don't landscapers... <laughs> collaborate and connect because to create a, to create a really good website is hard, right? 99% of landscapers don't have really good websites. Well, what if that content was available to, to every landscaper with some geo exclusivity allowed? So you're not helping your competitors. You know, I just feel like there's a really big opportunity there for people to niche down into, into, into small micro industries that are neglected because they don't have the money to, you know, pony up 10 grand a month or whatever for a real agency. 
And this is what I'm saying. So this, and this is, this isn't, this is not, believe it or not, how most Google ads agencies work. They don't normally do this kind of stuff. So when I'm talking about you being outside the box, I love your humility. Um, and it's, uh, that's one of the, your superpowers, which I, I really respect and I really love. And I think you know, that's, that's kind of like when I was, you know, doing dating, I had my dating company back in the, back in the day, everyone's like, oh, you got to talk to this dating expert, that dating expert. And I joined a real estate mastermind. And everyone's like, why are you joining a real estate mastermind? I was like, well, because I want to do something different to what everyone else is doing. They're like, real estate? I'm like, no, I want to take the techniques that are working in real estate and mm. apply them to dating. And uh, no one could even comprehend that. I was like, no, you don't understand. This is going to be a different business model. It's not going to be what everyone else comes up with. And sure enough, one of the strategies that I came up with was buying property by having students pay to live in an accommodation near good locations for dating. So they would rent it and prepay. So I had students, they would prepay for a room in a house, in a house share with a bunch of other guys all committed to go dating every single weekend. And they paid for the deposit on a house. Never have come up with that. Just thinking about, about dating. You can only yeah. get that from real estate. So, so I, I love that, that approach. Yeah. So, and that's, that's how I've bought a whole bunch of my properties. So Do you know uh, who Jeff Hoffman is? No. Co-founder Priceline. Wicked sharp guy, some speak. He's worth like a hundred million dollars, and he just—he's one of those. He shows up on stage, and he's like in his pajamas, and you're just like, "Who is this cat?" And then he says like the ten smartest things you've heard all year. Jeff told this story. I don't know him well, so I'm, he's not like a buddy or anything. But yeah. he told this story. Uh, we were all sitting down at dinner with him, um, and he, he talked about info sponging. And he's at the airport, and he's obsessed with getting information from areas that he wouldn't otherwise be exposed to. So he's at the airport, and he buys this Latina magazine. This woman, this this magazine for for Latina females. And the gal selling the magazine is like, you, you, like, she almost didn't want to sell it. She's like, you know what this is, right? He goes, don't worry. I, this is what I do. And it was his next $30 million idea. It came out of that magazine. Um, it's, it's all the information that you're not exposed to that's the most valuable to you. So, dude, I think that that, that dating thing is freaking brilliant. Thank you. It's, it's funny. That's, um, so when I meditate, that's my mantra. My mantra is, what do I not know that I need to know? And then, actually, I never usually say the second half. And the second half is, and how can I find it? Mm. So I, I, I meditate on the first half. And then afterwards, I go and find whatever the thing is. And so I'm constantly exposing myself or trying to expose myself to people I wouldn't normally meet or pe- industries I wouldn't normally interact with. Like, so my last, uh, my last speaking gig was a, a, a roofing contracting company mm. because I wanted to just see what the, con- the construction industry is doing for roofing. Um, because it's a growing industry. And I was like, I don't know anything about it. I need to just know about it. Am I going to do anything in construction with roofing? Probably not, but it exposes you to new ideas and you realize there's an entire market here. And what I didn't know is that many uh, roofing salespeople drive Lamborghinis. No way. Not not, not something that you'd think about, but it turns out that in certain areas in America where there are hailstones, roofs need replacing. Oh, dude, the storm tracers. I've got a buddy. It's so funny. I've got a buddy who does that. (laughs) He drives a supercar. It's not a Lamborghini. Yeah, but I always thought he was a one-off. I figured he just cracked the code and, and knew what he was doing. No, it's a group of them. So I, wow. there's 7,000 of them I saw. They were all doing it. Yeah, you know so Eric Van Horn, right? We got a mutual buddy. I, do. I, was, I was trying to, I did a podcast of him like two hours ago. That's for dude. So he, he had the roofing. Is he, is he still Dirty Dog Roofing or whatever? Does he still have um, it? I, probably. I, he's got a whole bunch of stuff. So okay. I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. We were, t- we were talking about mosquitoes, getting rid of mosquitoes is a thing because the increase in mosquitoes. And so yeah. he's, you know, he's moving. So I, so I, I love this. All right. So, Big question. 
what, what's the secret to Google ads? Like, let's just say actually I've got, I've got like five or six people I could refer to like today that I know are desperate for leads. What, what does it cost? How does it work? Just yeah. from, from an insider perspective. Um, Google just made the biggest change they've ever made. It's the biggest paradigm shift in the history of marketing. It's bigger than when Facebook added ads to the newsfeed. You're going to hear me talk about this at war room, by the way, if you're going to be at war room. Um, what's really interesting too, is, is nobody knows. And it, it's, it's, it's frustrating me, but I'm also really excited about it because it, I think I'm 24 to 36 months ahead of the curve and I'm trying not to be hyperbolic because I know I get really excited. Um, Google, everybody thinks that Google's search and that's all Google is. It's not. Google is a mechanism to predict human intent. And I have this whole speech I give Adam. I'm going to give you just a, a, a slice of it because it's relevant to the question you just asked as to how Google works. Um, Google's not a search engine, although it is that too, but Google is Google Analytics, which is on 99% of all front-facing websites, which means it knows where you go, what you do, where you log into, et cetera. Google is Google Apps, Google Photos. It knows what your children look like. It's Gmail. It knows how you speak. It knows your semantic architecture. It knows your level of education. Um, it knows your relative income. Google Maps, it knows how fast you drive. Um, uh, YouTube, second largest or largest video repository on the planet, second largest search engine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Facebook has 55,000 demographic and psychographic profiling factors. Google has 72 million. Google told a woman she was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant in April of 2015 based solely off her search and communication patterns. That was seven years ago. Moore's law says that machine or computing power doubles every 18 months. Oh, yeah. Google knows what you're going to do before you do it. And it's based off of a myriad of factors. You know, one example I like to use is we know for a fact that women who are divorced over 40 spend twice as much on shoes as any other demographic, women who are divorced over 40. So what happens when Sally gets uh, an invite to a wedding in her Gmail? Like, what does Google know to put in front of her? You know what I mean? Like, so there's yeah. all these little catalytic events to the tune of, of 72 million. Google just opened up that segmentation to us through something called Performance Max. So it's a keywordless advertising type. Instead of going to Google saying, hey, I wanna, you know, if you're a roofer, let's say, for instance, you'd be bidding on like, you know, a roof contractor near me and you'd have to pay $70 for that click and hope to God that you're gonna be able to convert. Now picture a keywordless advertising mechanism. What you're gonna do is you're gonna tell Google what the goal is. I want somebody to call, fill out a form, schedule an appointment, buy this thing, um, you know, book, whatever. Here's the goal. Then you're gonna give Google a whole collection of assets. Here's text, images, videos, uh, pages on your website, and then you're going to give Google an audience. So for roofers, we're going to say homeowners. And I might even say like, you know, in the top 10 or 20% of income level. Mm -hmm. And then Google goes out and it captures these people for you. It's an outbound marketing mechanism. The Google Display Network, which is 90% of all internet users on the planet, 65% of whom are reached on a daily basis. It's the most prolific thing in the world. And Adam, I've never seen anything work better. I have 60, I have 200 clients, 60. I don't forget the number, but like 65 of them have performance max campaigns running. And as a ubiquitous truth, not one is performing, uh, isn't outperforming the previous campaign times. It's wow. the biggest shift in marketing history. So run performance max and trust Google. Dude, it's nuts. You don't even tell Google where to send the traffic. You give Google your website and through URL expansion, Google decides where to send the traffic with your assets. It creates the ads for you. It builds the funnels for you. And it's based off of a 500 touch paradigm. So Google, everybody who thinks it's click to conversion, they, they're, they're so lost. They're a decade behind. You need to, to drip on people 500 times before they buy. And Google's building that narrative. Anyway, I'm talking way too much, dude. I'm so sorry. Hmm. 
Um, no, you're not. I'm, I'm actually with you. I love this um, because that's that's the point. And it makes sense because I remember once upon a time it was like seven touch points then it dropped, went to 12, then 21. Well, you know, the, and, dude, the seven touch points came from a, a Harvard University study from the 70s. Exactly. And yeah. then I know that it was like 21 touch points like 10 years ago or something. So yeah. Yeah. So 500 touch points now. 500 so touch points. points. Yeah, that's well, crazy. And what you need to do too is you need to give Google all the content. So if somebody's going to do roofing again, just because that's the example that came up before somebody buys a roofing contractor, they need to know what they don't know. They, so you need to provide them like, here's what to ask for, you know, based on where you are geographically, here are the different types of roofs, here are the grades that you would need. You know, I've got a 90 pound roof because like you need to nurture them all the way. So like videos, content, blogs, downloads, calculators, case studies, we've been lazy as marketers, but if you give Google all of that, you don't even have to decide where it's used. Google's going to create it for you. It's unfreaking believable, man. So, um, did you did you hear the just to to talk about? Did you hear about the big Google AI change in the last couple of days? No. Yeah, they just came forward and made a statement saying AI is spam. Interesting. Yeah, because I'm I'm on a, a bunch of like AI groups and they're all freaking out because they're basically uh, Google's announced they're going to train their AI to spot AI writing. And label and blacklist the sites. Say this site is using AI as spam. Dude, that actually only helps me. I know that sucks for a lot of people, <laughs> but it it it's better for all of my clients. I got to tell you, man. I think marketers have gotten lazy, and I, I think that we're gonna go back to the basics. Content is king. Value first. And then, dude, I'm gonna sound like Mr. Rogers here, and I hope everybody forgives me because I'm not gonna try to jump on a soapbox. But it's so important. You have to deliver a product that's good. You have to love people. You have to treat people with respect and actually do what you say you're going to do because there's nowhere to hide. So like really good businesses are going to flourish. And those overnight, let me throw up a landing page and say some bullshit I just bought from China. It's going to fail. And it should. It yep. should. Yeah, agreed. And it's so funny you say this because I remember back in the day when I was doing dating, I used to get ridiculed because I didn't use the gimmicks and yeah. all those companies are dead and I'm still doing seven figures and more yeah. as the years go by and I'm not touching it because our content is just good and we make great stuff and so, okay. So to, to deviate back, someone's like, you know what? I want Kasim to do my ads. How much money do they need to bring? Realistically, what do they need to bring in? Uh, $1,500 plus 10% of the ad spend is my fee. Yep. And, and that 10% gets knocked down as your spend increases. So we have various thresholds. Once you hit 50 grand, hundred grand, 150 grand, a million dollars, whatever. Um, the, the minimum that I charge if you're past a million dollars in spend is 4% of your ad spend. But now you have to be in, you know, the seven, eight figure mark. But I mean, what, um, like this is, so 15, 1500 plus 10 percent, what kind yeah. of ad spend would be needed? Cause I can see something grand. like 10 grand, 10 grand a month. Yeah. Now you can be successful in Google ads under 10 grand. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people do it. You, it does, I, it won't justify my fee because yeah. if you're spending three grand, you're actually paying me to sit there and watch. I'm not, there's not enough data for me. You know, we optimize <laughs> off of something called the statisticians model, which is the base 100 rate, which means I need a hundred impressions before I can make a decision about the clicks. I need a hundred clicks before I can make a decision about the, the, the interaction happening on the page. I need a hundred leads before I can determine lead quality. And if you're spending two, three, four grand, I, I, I'm making two, three, four decisions at maximum a month. So I yeah. need you to spend 10 K now some, you know, if you're a personal injury attorney in Los Angeles, <laughs> you're going to need a hundred grand. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's very industry specific, but most industries and I do, I mean like 90% of them, you can build proof of concept off of, you need to spend 10 grand a month for 90 days. And at the end of 90 days, I'll tell you whether or not it's going to work. There's no guarantee it does work. Anybody who promises that is lying to you, but we'll know whether or not it works. And then from there, you scale it up. That's interesting. That's good. That's good. Because that's the thing I find a lot of ad agencies, they have no idea. Um, yeah, they have, they have no idea. Good.
But that's fascinating. And you only do Google. You don't do Facebook or any of the other ones. No, dude. I, my, my agency is called Solutions 8 because I tried to be a full funnel agency. So we wanted to do, I had eight service offerings. So we were doing SEO and content and video and software. And, and I just, over time, realized like, I can't be good at all these things. It was my business partner that identified the prowess of Google. Here's something to think about, dude, is when we were a full funnel agency, all of the clients that were successful with us were successful with Google first. And my business partner, John, he identified that. And, and the reason for it is kind of obvious when you think about it. If you can be successful in Google ads, Google ads is the closest to the bottom of the funnel. It's, it's the strongest indication of intent we have. And it means that your messaging resonates with your audience. It means you actually answer your phone. It means that you fulfill. It means you're charging enough to justify the expense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in the beginning, we didn't niche down to Google thinking that would be the only service we offered. We used Google to figure out which clients to invest in further. And then we just got so damn good at Google that we just stayed there. Um, and now we're, you know, we created the paid traffic certification for digital marketer. That's awesome. Dude, I, I, dude, I absolutely love this. So um, we, we're getting up to time, so I don't want to eat too much of your time. But at the end of every episode, I always say to somebody, you know, we, our, our podcast is smart businesses do this. So Kasim, what do smart businesses do? Fail forward. So many clients, if they fail at something, they stop. And they're like, oh, that didn't work. But even if it failed by 95%, there's a 5% that worked. And so capture that and live into it and then try it again. And now 90% fails, but then you have 10% that works and so on and so forth. Fail for, I'm stealing this from John C. Maxwell. Failing forward, I think is the most important skill set that you can use. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a similar phrase like we have, which is, uh, there's no such thing as failure, right? There's, there's winning and learning. Yeah, I teach my kids <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. So when, when do you lose? I never lose. I either learn or I either win or I learn. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I always think, how much we spend on learning in our youth. When you get older, often the mistakes don't cost as much as paid education. <laughs> it's yeah. often cheaper to just fail um, and learn that way. So yeah, no joke. Tim, I love that, man. Where, where can people go if they want to get you to do their ads? Because just sound, like just hire because don't work it out yourself. Uh, you can go to solutions8, S-O-L, the number eight.com. I also shoot a video every single day on my YouTube channel. Um, so you can look for solutions eight on YouTube. Um, and you know, we want we want everybody to be better off after having engaged with us. So even if you, you don't want to hire us, can't afford us, whatever, I give it all the way on my YouTube channel. So if you want to know how to go run Google ads the right way, go to my YouTube and check it out. Dude, I love it. Kasim, thank you ever so much, man. And I'll see you next week. I'm being in San Diego. So I'll see you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, dude. Thanks. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit thesmartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.